Welcome to week two of our Green Bay 100 all-time 53-man roster voting. I'm Jay Sorgi. This week, you get the chance to pick the best cornerbacks in Green Bay Packers history. The shutdown corners, the guys that make all pro receivers look ordinary. And there have been many in Green Bay Packers history who've had that capability. We give you the pick of 13 different options to put on the Packers all-time 53-man roster voting now through Wednesday at WTMJ.com slash Green Bay 100. The very first page in that section, you can go in, check out all the resumes of our 13 candidates, and make your selection for the Packers all-time 53-man roster, which we will unveil in December. Had a couple of great conversations about the cornerback slot. We'll talk later with Scott Warris. We'll bring you back to our Facebook Live discussion of the cornerback position. But first, we're going to bring you back to the voice of the Green Bay Packers, Wayne Larrabee, and our initial discussion about the guys on the island, the guys who stopped the passing game, the cornerbacks, including a couple of Hall of Famers. Wayne, you have seen plenty of football decades across the National Football League, so you're someone that we can trust with the discussion such as this. The cornerback position for the Green Bay Packers has been star-studded, Hall of Fame-filled. Herb Adderley, Charles Woodson, Willie Buchanan, to me, are the three of the Packers cornerback candidates that seem obvious to me. And, I, I mean, to rank them one, two, three, that's a tough, tough decision, particularly Adderley and Woodson. Yeah, you know, um, and Willie Buchanan also should not be forgotten. In 1978, uh, he played all 16 games, had nine interceptions. Woodson played seven seasons for the Packers. Um, A lot of people wonder, is he a Packer? Is he a uh, Raider? He played seven wonderful seasons with the Green Bay Packers. As a matter of fact, in those seven seasons, made 38 interceptions, which ties Leroy Butler. Charles played both cornerback and safety, and he played even uh, while he was listed as a cornerback, more of a hybrid role in Dom Capers defense around the time of the 2009, 2010, 2011 seasons as he transitioned over to the safety spot. Um, You know, a guy you didn't mention is Bob Jeter. Um, In my opinion, the two best cornerbacks in tandem that the Packers have had playing for them at one time were Herb Adderley and Bob Jeter. Now, you have to understand the game was much different in those days. Uh, There was a lot of bumping going on. Uh, If a guy came across the middle, you could rough him up. You could throw a receiver off his route. There was no um, five-yard you know, kind of standard there where you had to to make contact within five yards of the line of scrimmage and then let the receiver go. In the 60s, you could bang the guy all over the field wherever you, you encountered him. So, it was a much different type of thing, but Herb Adderley, number one for me. Willie Buchanan, probably the next most talented player at that position. And then you go Charles Woodson. And, you know, when I said Willie Buchanan, the second most talented player, I'm talking about players who were primarily Green Bay Packers. The most talented player, perhaps, in at the position for Green Bay, in my opinion, in his career, had to be Charles Woodson. Now, there are some other guys. I, I mentioned Bob Jeter. I, Jeter was in the shadow of Herb Adderley and Willie Wood, two NFL Hall of Famers, and everyone knew that as they played through the 60s, but Jeter was outstanding and led the team in interceptions on a couple of occasions. Mark Lee was another guy. Didn't play in the, when the team had the most success, but he was an excellent player. Sam Shields made 
key plays for the Packers down yes. the stretch uh, as a rookie in 2010 and then eventually evolved to become uh, a number one cornerback in Green Bay. And I'll always feel uh, great about Tremont Williams. Tremont Williams was a guy that Charles Woodson took under his wing along with Sam Shields, taught him how to be a pro. Uh, Tremont was an all-pro uh, during the 2010 season when it was Tremont Williams, Nick Collins, and Charles Woodson, three all-pros in the secondary that went on to win Super Bowl 45. You talk about the bookend corners of Adderley and Jeter, you might be able to rank them maybe among the top five all-time in the history of the National Football League. They were that good. Yeah, I think of Haynes and Hayes in Oakland back in the uh, early 80s. Uh, that was a tremendous cornerback duo, uh, but you're right. I mean, Adderley and Jeter were as good as it gets. Then, though, you, you look at names, for example, the one other that I'm thinking of, Ken Ellis from the 1972 mm-hmm. Packers of the early 70s. He and Buchanan for maybe just that one year were about as magical at the cornerback position and shut down as Adderley and Jeter for and one Jay, season. I'm not sure if if uh, Willie was Willie Buchanan was a rookie that year. He came in as a rookie and, and was just the best defensive player uh, as a rookie in the NFL that year. But uh, you're right, Ken Ellis was excellent. That was back in the Dan Devine days. They won the game on uh, running the football. Remember uh, the double tandem of MacArthur Lane and John Brockington dominating on the ground. But the defense was solid as well. Um, but again, again, a different era. So their numbers aren't going to be quite what they are today. To me, I think it seems obvious. Adderley, Buchanan, and Woodson are your top three. The number four spot is a fun debate between Ellis, perhaps Al Harris, Bob Jeter, Mark Lee, Sam Shields. That is going to be a fun one for the Al Pats Harris became a, a wonderful cornerback uh, for the Packers. Of course, everybody remembers the playoff game against Seattle when he made the interception of uh, Matt Hassel back in overtime and and down the right sidelines. He went to the south end zone with his dreadlocks in his way. Call Love that it. was a great uh, a great moment. And Al Harris was an outstanding player for the Packers at cornerback. With the resplendent Scott Warris, I'm Jay Sorgi. And, uh, I'm underdressed. Exactly. I'm very right. underdressed, and I'm wearing the wrong colors, divisionally speaking. It's, it's, it's all right. It just means that you are fair and balanced <laughs> in, in, in this situation. I thought we were discussing quarterbacks. Nope. <laughs> no, that's, that's, totally for, that's December when we'll get into that. Okay, poll. fine. All right. Cornerbacks, the guys who <laughs> stop the quarterbacks. And there is a long list of some of the greats that we've come up with, 13 whom you can vote for, uh, for at WTMJ.com. Slash Green Bay 100, and a couple of names, Scott, really stand out. A couple of names really stand out. When I look at this, well, before we get to the list, Jay, I, I think I'm sure all of you, as, as you look to vote for your favorite, as I did, as I'm sure you did, one of the big questions that I had, and I think it's something that's probably going to face every voter for every category all season long, is the way that the game has changed. By far. I, look, I... We're talking cornerbacks. The passing game today is clearly not what it was 30 years ago. It's clearly not what it was 60, 70 years ago. So how do you compare Irv Comp to <laughs> Charles Woodson? How right. do you compare some of those guys of the past to the current day? It makes for a really interesting debate. And how do you prioritize one guy over another when the game, and just as importantly, Jay, I think the, the physicality, the players, the size, the speed, all that stuff you always hear about, all that is different now compared to, for example, when the Packers first got going. I think how we've been doing this especially is because you compare, in some senses, apples to oranges with the changes in the game. We mentioned the name Irv Kant. He's one of the 13 guys on this list. 
He played with the Packers during the 1940s, during the latter part of the Curly Lambeau era. In, if you sort of think about the pro-passing game to the de- development of air flight, now we're in the space age. Back then was sort of Charles Lindbergh, Amelia Earhart. The Wright brothers. The passing game. They didn't know what they were doing. I mean, they threw the football maybe 10, 15, 20 times. I'd probably say maybe 20 times a game. And yet, because the game was so simple in terms of the development of the passing game, it was very possible for a guy like an Irv Comp during an 11-game season to set the all-time Green Bay Packers single-game or single-season mm-hmm. interception record with 10. So it, it tells you the game has developed massively different. Now there are quarterbacks in the NFL who, for an entire 16-game season, won't throw 10 interceptions combined. The other thing that, as the game has changed, and we look at some of these names, you look at some of the Pro Football Hall of Famers on this list, like Herb Adderley. Look, some of these guys played multiple positions. What toll does that take on you as a, in this case, cornerback, if you're playing running back, if you're also part of the special teams unit? What toll does that take on your body in a game? What toll on your body does that take over the course of a season? And it makes what some of these guys did, that we mentioned Herb Adderley, Really, really impressive, again, when we're looking back at some of the Packers of uh, way back. Tell us who you pick for your all-time Green Bay Packers cornerback as you could go to your vote uh, at WTMJ.com slash Green Bay 100. There are at least a couple of guys who are either enshrined in Canton or will be enshrined in Canton in the near future, where I think you're going to have the number one uh, debate, if you will. Herb Adderley yep. against Charles Woodson. Adderley, a five-time NFL champion with the Green Bay Packers. And he, in many ways, was the shutdown corner for this franchise before they ever came up with the term shutdown corner. Mm-hmm. One of the all-time greats at that position. And he would have some seasons where he would lead the National Football League, not just in interceptions, but in interception and returns for touchdowns. He, could, he was almost a Deion Sanders type when it came to be able to make the big play with his speed out of that position. Did he high step like Neon did too? Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of what the punishment would have been if Vince Lombardi would have caught Herb Adderley high stepping. What about Johnny Blood McNally? Uh, a nickname like Johnny Blood McNally, <laughs> one of the greats as well. Where does he stack up? Where do you think he might fall in this whole debate? I see him potentially making it um, just because of the Hall of Fame credential. Yeah. But again, he wasn't known as, yeah. as a cornerback. He was known as a running back. I think partially because we think so offensively minded but if you look at it, he did have four interception returns for touchdowns in his career, which was just a six-year career in Green Bay, and that was enough to get him enshrined in Canton. He was just a big play guy, sort of a, a multi-tool guy. Maybe you might think of him as sort of the Troy Brown of his era mm-hmm. in, in terms of a modern comparison when it came to that. Okay, so as you at home and, and we here look at this list, obviously the likes of Adderley and McNally. We'll get to Woodson in a second, but Adderley, McNally kind of jump off for me. I'll speak for myself here because as, as, I, as I make the distinction, if you're a pro football Hall of Famer, if you're in Canton, that kind of sets you a little bit ahead of some of the others. Willie Buchanan, Irv Comp, Ken Ellis, uh, Bob Jeter, of course, a familiar name here in this area and in the state, Mark Lee, Jesse Whittington. Um, let's talk about some of the guys now, if, if we could, that we've seen here in the last, let's say, 10, 12 years or so. I think of uh, Casey Hayward, Sam Shields, and Tremont Williams, who's back in, in uniform. These are the guys that 
competed and had to defend what is now the most prolific era of offense in terms of the passing game. This is where, okay, you have this group of guys that defended a certain way at cornerback versus how that group of guys defended at cornerback. And we, we talked about some of those earlier players. I think of Sam Shields. I think of Tremont Williams. I am at a, a, you know, immediately think about, especially that uh, that 2010 Super Bowl mm-hmm. run, what Williams and Shields did. You talk about lockdown guys down the stretch when they had to win games at the end of the regular season, when they had to go on the road to Philadelphia, to Atlanta, to Chicago, albeit Chicago not mm-hmm. the most prolific passing game right. even in that year. But Thanks, Mr. Keller. Certainly with Philly and certainly with Atlanta in the Dome. What those guys did, that was the pinnacle of their careers. Um, and so... To put them in this conversation, I think, is right because for a lot of fans who weren't around or don't remember some of those early Packers that we talked about, Shields and Williams especially, they're all fans know when it comes to the greatest cornerbacks because that, in many cases, maybe is the only Super Bowl that that fans live through, truly. And I think it's interesting, too, when you look about the two modern eras of Packers football, one they won championships, the 1990s and the 2010s, you don't think about great quarterbacks from the 90s. They were okay. They were good. You had Doug Evans. You had Craig Newsom, who were solid, but that team wasn't necessarily known for its pass defense, especially in clutch situations. Well, when you got a defensive line with Santana Dodson right. and, and, of course, Reggie White and Gilbert Brown and um, who am I missing? Uh, uh, Sean Jones. Sean Jones. I mean, look, when you talk defense, they took the attention of the defense and they took a lot of the spotlight away from maybe what was happening in the secondary. But you mentioned Craig Newsom, that playoff win, you, you know the details better than me, that playoff win in San Francisco. The year, yeah, the year before they make that uh, Super Bowl run, um, that kind of catapulted the Packers on a whole other level. Also a name on this list, uh, you've got Al Harris. Yes. Dreadlocks in, in his wake. wake. Um, that is just an indelible memory, and he had a few big plays in his time. Oh, by far. that The, the one we're referring to, the 2003 wildcard game, which was the walk-off touchdown that put the Packers into the divisional round against Philadelphia. But you think about this 2010 group, and you mentioned it. They were what this defense was known for, along with Clay Matthews especially. Uh, along with Nick Barnett, but particularly that group, they were the shutdown element of that Packers defense that kept this team in the running for a championship, which they eventually won. But they weren't, they don't have the gaudy stats because, as we talked about, the development of the pro passing game has exploded over the years. You go into, say, the 1970s, which was one of the dark ages for the Green Bay Packers. They had one division championship. In 1972, one of the big reasons they did was a pair of bookend cornerbacks, Willie Buchanan and Ken Ellis, each of whom reached Pro Bowl status. Buchanan became one of the great cornerbacks of the 1970s overall. Um, He even had a game in 1978 against San Diego. Four interceptions against Dan Fouts, two pick sixes in the game. The four picks tied. In NFL record. It's funny how there are certain positions on a football team, and I think cornerback is one of them, where unless you are Hall of Fame, pro football Hall of Fame caliber, if your team is not good, and you said it at the beginning of, the, of that you know, last segment there, if, if your franchise is not good and you're a good cornerback, you're not going to get the attention over the course of history. That, that's why you, know, you mentioned Buchanan. 
and you mentioned Ellis, I think a lot of fans are going to have to click on those names and, and kind of learn more about them because the Packers were a non-entity in the National Football League for the 1970s, whereas maybe you have other cornerbacks who weren't as good statistically or even schematically and technically as those two, and yet because they played in a more successful era for the franchise as a whole, mm -hmm. they may be thought of historically as better. They yeah. stick in your mind. Now let's get to the crux debate for me, which is the, the gorilla in the room. It's the battle for the number one top spot between those two Hall of Famers. Um, you're it's the elephant of the room, if you will. Herb Adderley versus Charles Woodson. I'm sh I mean, if, if Herb Adderley's not in this room, I think Charles Woodson by far, for most franchises, if you put him in any other franchise or most franchises, in the history of the National Football League, would get the number one spot. And you can probably speak to his excellence. We all could, but mm -hmm. your, your impressions of him both as a player and as a leader on that 2010 championship team. I go back to how Ted Thompson acquired him. Remember, when Woodson came to town, he, he kind of had to be dragged, kicking and screaming a little yep. bit to Green Bay. He was not real keen on the idea. He had made a name. And, and a great space for him out on the West Coast, out in Oakland. And for him to come to Green Bay and really be, I think, a, a catalyst, obviously with Rodgers, but we're talking defense here, to that Super Bowl team. He was the leader, the 09 Defensive Player of the Year in the National Football League. And I think back to some of those games, there was a Sunday against the Washington Redskins where he dominated that game. He dominated. He was the reason why the Packers won kind of a sloppy affair at Lambeau, as I recall, yeah. a defensive battle. Um, his leadership, you saw it in that Super Bowl run. It was so heartbreaking that he suffers that injury in the Super Bowl against Pittsburgh. It was so great that he was able to hoist that Lombardi trophy. You think about him in the locker room after the NFC Championship game. Uh, I think it was after the NFC Championship against Chicago, yep. saying how if the president doesn't want to come see us, we'll go see him. And sure enough, they did some months later. One, two, three, White House. That yep. was it. Yep. Um, I don't know if we're going to unveil it right now, but I think I'm maybe I'm, uh, you know letting the cat out of the uh, out of the bag a little bit here. I will go with Charles Woodson. I, I, Herb Adderley, the statistics, the Pro Football Hall of Fame status, everything you talked about, but. For my, in my eyes, the best member of any secondary, let alone cornerback position, any secondary that I've seen uh, out of the Green Bay Packers in my uh, lifetime, it's Charles Woodson. For what he did on the field, he was a game changer. And don't forget, if you come out of a game without a lot of statistics as a cornerback, oftentimes that's because they're just flat out not throwing it in your direction. Think about that. Yeah. How do you quantify that? How do we quantify the value of Charles Woodson for the games that they just did not throw his direction because they didn't want the opposing offense didn't even want to go anywhere near him. How do you quantify that? You can't. In one sense, you can by looking at what the other guys did in terms of the interception tolls because it became a 10 on 10 game. At the same time, the fact that you also, in terms of Herb Adderley, the fact that you have Bob Jeter, yes, dad of former UWU Milwaukee Panthers coach Rob Jeter. Bob Jeter had years where he had more interceptions during the Super Bowl years than Herb Adderley because precisely of what you described. And Bob Jeter became an All-Pro because Herb Adderley was shutting down the top receivers in the National Football League and opposing quarterbacks were throwing Bob Jeter's way. 
You can just make the same argument, though, for Charles Woodson, because all those other guys you see from that uh, 2010 championship team are also on this list as well. So it, it goes both ways in a lot of ways. So I go Woodson. Obviously, he's not in the Pro Football Hall of Fame yet. He will be. He'll be a first ballot guy. He's the best member of a Packers secondary that I've ever seen. I go Woodson. I'm going to just give you, if you're going to go all numbers here, I'm going to give you some incredible numbers between these two guys. Now think about this. Adderley played in 14 game seasons, played nine years at the position in Green Bay. Woodson played for seven seasons in 16 game seasons in Green Bay. So close numbers in terms of total games played. Adderley, 39 interceptions. Woodson, 38. Fumble recoveries. Adderley had 13. Woodson had six. Defensive touchdowns, meaning pick sixes or fumble returns for touchdowns. Adderley had seven. Woodson had ten. That tells you how big of a game changer both these guys were and why this, to me, is such a close battle. The reason I'm going to go for Herb Adderley only by a skosh. So you can disagree with me. And so I can use the word skosh on a Facebook Live. No. But the only reason I do, do you ever hear Charles Woodson discussed as the greatest of all time? Uh, you, I do. I mean, I mean, I how regularly? I, I don't know. Um, do you hear Herb Adderley still in general football circles? Absolutely. Absolutely. He's up there with the Dick Knight train lanes, the Ronnie Lotts, the guys who were the best in their position at the in the game at the time and who changed games massively simply because they were at that level, at the Deion Sanders kind of level. That's how respected Herb Adderley was at the time. So I, I think just by an incredibly small margin, I'd go with Adderley, but I can't argue against Charles Woodson. Okay, let me ask you this, just out of curiosity. Based on what you saw of Herb Adderley, and you can certainly see it you know, in, in film nowadays and whatnot, what skills did he possess, do you think, that could have maybe translated to the 21st century of football? Or is that completely apples and oranges for what we talked about earlier because how the game has changed, size, speed, and all that stuff? I think there are certainly some skills. The game was different at the time, and you'll see a lot of film of this. Adderley had the capability to do a lot more bump and run coverage when he tackled you. Oh, he went for the head. He went for the neck with a, with a lot of... Uh, Which you clearly cannot do anymore. Right, exactly. <laughs> Precisely. He'd be flagged 15 yards all over the place. But would he have adjusted to the game? Certainly. He had the speed, he had the cornerback skills to be able to go one-on-one -on -one with anybody. I mean, he could shut down the best of the time. The Charlie Taylors with Washington, Dallas's Bob Hayes, some of the all-time greats in that era, which, again, was, it was more of a running game at the time, but, and they didn't throw the footballs often, but still, there were certainly some pass-happy teams, like Johnny Unitas in Baltimore going up against Raymond Berry, and he would shut down Raymond Berry many times. That's so, why so often the Packers were the only franchise year after year that could beat Johnny Unitas and the Colts, who otherwise would have had a dynasty had that team, Green Bay team not been there. So, it, so again, there are so many factors on both sides that you can make for both of our guys. Yeah. Um, do you think, how, how would Woodson, so obviously Woodson would have translated to that era as well? Oh, by far. Yeah. And, and I do think as well, you have to give Woodson credit for being as much of a leader in the locker room, which you wouldn't necessarily think of what Adderley, of what Herb Adderley being, but only because of the fact that Vince Lombardi commanded so much of the culture 
and the leadership in that locker room. They didn't necessarily need to see as much from the players themselves. Well, look who I mean, look at all the leaders that were on those Lombardi right. era teams. I mean, you had leadership, you know, oozing out of that locker room. Whereas you compare that maybe to the 2010 Packers and, you know, off the top of my head, defensively speaking, Woodson was as veteran, although he had not been to a Super had he been you know, he had been to the Super Bowl, right? With, with Oakland in two thousand two. And lost that. So that maybe plays a role. Hey guys, I've been here before. I know what it takes to get there. Um, defensively speaking, he was as big a leader as any on that squad. And you know, think about it, Jay. We think of Aaron Rodgers now as as a leader. He certainly is. But the 2009-2010 Aaron Rodgers hadn't been to the precipice. So his leadership at some point could only go so far. And that's why, like you mentioned, Woodson, uh, Donald Driver, certainly. But even Driver hadn't been there. Yeah. Um, Woodson had a certain amount of been there, hadn't done it, lost, but been there, gravitas that he could bring to those, to those locker rooms. And how many times, I mean, we talked about the, the post-NFC championship a uh, little rant that he had about uh, President Obama. But <laughs> I wonder how many other times in those post-game locker rooms as they were making that run, when they had to win, I go back to the way the season ended, when they had to win, what, those last uh, couple games? Six in a row. Yeah, yeah, th- th- those last couple games of the regular season just to get in. How many times did Charles Woodson get up, gather the guys around, and, and kind of like you say, uh, employ some of those leadership skills just to get to the playoffs, let alone then make that run? That's why this debate is so much fun. That's why I think we know who the starters are going to be. For the all-time 53-man roster yep, it'll quarterback. Be Terrell Buckley and Ahmad Carroll. <laughs> Wait, why are, wait exactly. they're, not on, the, they're exactly. not on the list. Okay. Make your pick up from these 13 uh, that we have come up with. And by the way, we want to explain a little bit more yeah. um, why these are the 13. It's because you either made the Pro Football Hall of Fame, you're a member of the Packers Hall of Fame, you were first-team All-Pro, you were named to the Pro Bowl, or you were top five in a major career or single-season statistical category in in applicable category, particularly when it came to this. So that's why we came up with those 13 names. They went through, they made one of those five criteria. So some of those names, they don't deserve to be in the all-time team, but if you're going to add those that do, you got to make sure that they become candidates, only in terms of fairness. But I think we know who the top two are going to be. So I go Woodson. I go Adderley. No T-Buck, no Ahmad Carroll votes in this room anyway. Sorry, no, no, no vaccinator. So, but the key though, we want you to make your picks. Go to WTMJ.com slash Green Bay 100. Give us your thoughts on who is the greatest quarterback in Packers history. And in December, we will unveil the all-time 53-man roster. This week is quarterbacks. Next week, we will hit the offensive line. Actually, no, correction, not the offensive line. We're going to go with the best kick returners in Packers history. That's going to be a fun debate as well. I think, again, with someone from the modern era versus someone from the Lombardi era who are neck and neck, this will be number one. You could do a lot on special teams then that you're just not allowed to do anymore now. How the rules have changed the game, that plays a role in these rankings as well. Apples and oranges. Or our orange, Scott Morris, our orange dress in purple. My purple. I'm the the apple, Jason.